Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I want to thank my sponsors, Top Spinini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So here's uh, an episode for your listening enjoyment. I know you're a sports card guy. If you were to collect only one non-sports card set, what set would that be? When I was a kid, I did have TV Westerns. I had Zorro. I had Davy Crockett. I don't remember seeing the Three Stooges cards, but I like Three Stooges. My brother had some Batman cards. It would be stuff from my childhood. The newer stuff, I guess, if I had a personal connection to something, I would actually put it on my wall. My wall is 99% a sports card wall of fame. But if there was a celebrity or if I had some connection, I can't put anything on the wall that I don't have a story. Okay, my question for you, I've always gotten the impression you were really into baseball and now you're really into NASCAR. And so are you down with baseball and up with NASCAR or did NASCAR pass up baseball or did you get frustrated with baseball or am I wrong about that? What's your hierarchy of sports in your collecting and in your passion? My current passion is NASCAR. Still love baseball cards. I don't collect them nearly like I used to. What really changed for me is back in 1986, I started collecting NASCAR, the little diecast cars, the little Hot Wheels size cars, because there really wasn't any trading cards. And well, I wait, 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 were you doing diecast or were you doing Hot Wheels? Because those are two separate things to me. Yeah, diecast. So the bigger ones, the bigger than Hot Wheels. No, these were 164 scale size. There were some NASCAR cars that okay. were 164 scale. So I was collecting those, collecting some memorabilia here and there because I was a NASCAR fan along with baseball fan. And so that started in 86 for me. Then the 94 strike came along, the baseball strike. And that really, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this, but it heard really it from, jaded me. Heard, heard it from myself. <laughs> it jaded me. That was upsetting. So I kind of started declining my baseball cards and of course, a few year, years earlier, the 1988 Max racing cards came out. So now I had racing cards yeah. and baseball cards. They met in an intersection and then baseball went down and racing went up. Racing got pretty prolific as you moved into the late 80s and early mid 90s. There were all kinds of sets. Several producers, of course, Max was leading the way, but I'm trying to figure if it ever leveled off. It seemed like in the 90s, it was super hot. It was hot pretty much through the 90s until maybe the late 90s. It had a good 10-year stretch where it was really hot. Are you a complete set collector or are you a driver and a car collector? No, I'm a complete set guy. Of course, I like the different players and drivers and things, but no, I'm a completist. I like having complete sets, of, especially of all the base cards. Of course, the numbered cards and all the stuff they have these days, there's no way you can get all that, but at least the base cards, yes. What about the parallels from the 90s? I have some of those, and I don't know how much demand there is for them, but they're, they're hard to find. I don't see them very often. The various parallels and variations of some of those uh, Viper sets and things like that with the Black Mamba, and you really got to study up to know which ones are tougher. Yeah, they were harder back then. All the inserts and all of the autographs, any memorabilia, those were all much tougher than they are now. There were no guaranteed hits in anything. Weren't they tougher than the other sports even? Yes, they My were. My perception is that they were tougher. You could open up boxes and not get one insert, not one memorabilia, not one autograph. That's just the way it was. No guarantees back then. You just had the odds on the packs. So you just hoped and prayed that you got some. We would try to get a box of everything as a company and open it up to try to be able to analyze what's going on. And they would generally send us 
a complete set of the bass and sometimes some samples of some of the other things like that. So I've got these bass sets and that's not exciting except that you got the history of NASCAR one year at a time. And, and there's other formats in the truck series and the outlaws or all these different kinds of things that you know, we were trying to catalog everything. It was difficult. Did you ever contribute with Eddie or any of our guys that were doing the NASCAR stuff? I never did. I probably should have back in the day, but I did not every month because it started in 96. And when that came out, I was loyal to that magazine. It was an important magazine for me and for our company because it marked, I think, the first magazine we did that I really wasn't going to be the price guide editor, the senior editor. We had people there, especially Eddie Kelly, that I really trusted and I liked. And I thought, don't let us down because we had a brand that stood for integrity and accuracy. We had season tickets at the TMS and went over to Charlotte a couple of times and tried to be in the flow of knowledge of what was going on there because NASCAR's really a tight community and it's very relational. There's 600, 700 Major League Baseball players, 800, 900, whatever. There's 40 or 50 drivers in the NASCAR series. They know each other. They stick together. And yeah, so that was fun. I have a 1993 action-packed Dale Earnhardt autographed card that's encapsulated by Beckett. And what I'm going to ask you is if you would be interested in trading this card for something from your collection. Yes, I would. I love the fact that it's in a Beckett slab. You had me at this, I think. I don't like that it's horizontal because I'd like to put it on my oh, yeah. but it's still acceptable. It's more than acceptable. That's probably a pretty good card. Let's put it that way. I have some other stuff, but I don't have it. You're trying to tantalize me, Logan. What do you want in return? I don't know that we can do an instant trade on the fly here. Maybe, no, maybe I we'll, have our own, that. we'll have our own trade night at the next national. But what are you looking for? Because that would be cool. I like that. I would be happy with anything because you have a lot of baseball cards. I'd be happy with baseball, mostly baseball or racing. I will guarantee you I have racing stuff that you don't have. And when you're in town, if you come to one of these next things, one of the next hobby content con- conversation dinners, I'll just host it here. When the, After COVID's run its course and people don't mind, they could carpool. I'm 25 minutes away from the show, which is a headache, except people can carpool or something. And I'll give them a little tour of the wall of fame and all that stuff. And if you or Val or anybody that's serious NASCAR, there's almost a special hidden cache of NASCAR. Ooh, we got to see that. People don't see it. It's not in plain view. Let's put it that way. I mean, they're on the wall like the other stuff, but the sets and the star groups and stuff like that. I have an alphabetized group that's by driver and then I have complete sets in chronological order. Then I've got boxes of other non-NASCAR things. I had to get up to speed, and I never got up to speed as much as you or Eddie or some of the guys that really lived it, but I had fun with it, and I still do. I'll eventually sell them. Or trade them. I'm your guy. Okay. okay. (laughs) We'll see what we can do. Okay. I want you to do this in a complimentary way, but if you got in seriously with PSA in 2005, they have had a steady march of progress, of improvements, I think, in many respects, and increased demand and capacity and all that, and registry being more and more accepted and driving a lot of business. Were there any hiccups in there for you where you took a break, or have you just seen this steady rise and increase in interest in PSA and the registries and stuff like that? Because at some point, you were really into it super deep. Yes, I was submitting 
hundreds of cards at a time. I have not stopped with PSA and I haven't stopped collecting since 71. As you put it, I've never been a Rip Van Winkle. I have been constantly for over 50 years collecting trading cards in one form or another. So I have never stopped with PSA. Once I started with those guys, I've kept going. Now, of course, with all the price increases and things going on now, that's... Yeah, but are you special? They've honored you. I presume you're doing your own submissions, but I think the submitters get a better deal. You shouldn't disclose something inappropriately, but I would think they'd want to take good care of you. You're partly a brand ambassador. They do take care of me occasionally. I don't have any special Jared Subway gold card to get a free sub anywhere I go. I don't have anything like that. I would love to be able to get X number of free subs a year. That would be really awesome. But no, I don't have that. I will say that recently I had a situation. I really can't talk about it because it's still going on, but I can tell you offline. I have something I needed to get encapsulated and I just I called them up and they said, yep, send it on. We don't normally do this, but for you, we'll do it. That was really nice. I have a similar deal with BGS when I want them to slab something. It's more like a vanity card. And they say, no problem. We'll have it back to you next year. (laughs) They're not being passive aggressive. They just got their hands full. But it is fun to have uniformity. I don't begrudge people once they get started in PSA to have that uniformity of you get used to the slab and you've got the way you display it and your sets and your registries. BGS, same thing. Pretty loyal, obviously, to BGS. That's really what's on my wall. I've made some mistakes where I've gotten some PSA cards in trade that I didn't really necessarily want. I didn't not want them. They were good cards. And since they weren't in a BGS slab, I sent them off. I traded them or sold them. That was a mistake. They went for decent prices at the time, but it's way more now. The secret sauce for PSA for me was the set registry. And what we talked about earlier, I'm a set collector. So that was just literally just right up my alley. It just made me, it just fueled the fire, so to speak. Let me add on to my question that you'll have last word. If you came to PSA and said, look, can you do a registry according to whatever, something, are they very open to your suggestions for new registry? Yes, they are. I can request a set. And as long as it's a legitimate set and not some third party off the wall set, yeah, they'll research it and they'll say, yeah, sure. The 1950s are the golden age of baseball cards with so many regional issues. I love the regional cards from the 1950s. What is your favorite regional set from that era and why? I love Wilson Wieners. I love Stallmeyer Franks. I love Dandy Potato Chips, uh, Cons Wieners which is actually, they still were 50s, but Johnson Cookies. Some of those things would be on the wall, maybe not the panels that I have behind me right now, but I have all that stuff. I didn't have complete sets of everything, Glendale Meats. That's what people went for uh, back in the day, in the 70s, when I started getting all the tops in Bowman and you finished play balls and Gowdies and all that. All the advanced collectors went after the regionals. And pretty much Sugardale, these really tough hot dog cards. And it, it wasn't a conditioned thing because... You know, I'm using authentic in the wrong way, but they weren't authentic if they were pristine because it meant they never really were in the package. They weren't really distributed from the salesman or something. So a little bit of wear legitimized it to me, but they won't grade very well, but they're still beautiful cards and they really look, look their age. To me, that's more like modern art because you get so used to seeing the Topps cards and the Bowman cards, and those are great too, but the Stallmeyer mantles are a thousand times tougher than the top smells, even the 52. That was my Not a thousand times, but a hundred times tougher. You're talking about the Stahlmeyer mantle. That was the card 
It's about aside as good from, as it gets. Aside from the 52 tops mantle, the right. mantle card I always wanted that I never had. My wife likes me to say this, but that's a good example of a card that is not kept in my card cave. It's at the bank. And if Absolutely. I was a vault customer, it'd be in the vault. I could never replace it. I wouldn't because it would be too expensive. If I sold it, eventually you can't take it with you, but it'd be one of the last things I would sell, Logan. And when do I get to show people these cool cards I have? And they're not graded at this point, but they're going to grade low, but they're very authentic and they're still beautiful cards. And probably Jeremy and Canal and the Beckett media leadership will be eager to have those in the vault. And so once I take them out of my bank vault, if I grade them, it may be that I'll let them display them in their hermetically sealed vault just because I've taken one for the team and I could always go by there. When you were rated as a collector in these hospitality rooms and there was the pecking order, it was based on how many good cards you had like that. We're only needing a card or two. And again, everybody was a complete set person. And there are people that have complete sets of all those things. And not me. I don't have a fully complete set, but I have the key cards. I would love to see them someday. Like I said, I'm not showing people stuff at the bank. Yeah. If I were going to take it out of the bank, I would get it graded. And then I'd probably have a safe here because that's worth not putting in public display. If Jeopardy had a category of questions about you, what would you like the category title to be? The Guide Father. I knew it. <laughs> that was a layup. I knew it. It's like when I was doing my legal consulting. Is it, that's a hypothetical. I'm not going to answer that, but yeah, uh, it's not going to happen. But take me out of it. Put Fanatics in there. I think Fanatics is going to want baseball cards and sports cards and trading cards to be part of the public consciousness. And if we make it as a Jeopardy category, Yes, we could have a 10x. Yes. If everybody's watching on TV and I'll take baseball cards for 800. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it happens in our lifetime. I think TV is getting so fractionalized now that it doesn't have the same power it used to have. But any kind of a mass media exposure of baseball cards would be fabulous. The man in the house.